Hey friend, Graham Baldwin here with The Speaker Lab. Hey, wouldn't it be nice if someone gave you the exact process to find and book more speaking gigs in 2024? That'd be nice, right? Well, I'll tell you what, we're just gonna do that for you. We've created a new 18-page guide based on Dan Irvin's process that helped him actually book over $100,000 in speaking gigs in the past year. Now, Dan is one of our uh, team members here. He's this, a very successful speaker and also one of our coaches. And so you're gonna learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, proposal emails, and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps. Again, that's plural, thespeakerlab.com slash steps. We're going to send you that PDF guide right to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps. That's it. That's all you got to do. Go there. Hey, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, friends? Graham Baldwin here. So glad to have you here with us for another awesome episode of the Speaker Lab podcast. Now, one of the best parts of our student experience here at the Speaker Lab is the coaching that is integrated into our programs. And our team has the experience and expertise that it takes to help our students gain confidence, clarity, and follow that clear path to their own speaking success. And so during our Coaches Corner podcast series, you're going to have the opportunity to hear from our Director of Student Success, Mary Alice Goldsmith, and a member of our coaching team. So whether you are at the very beginning of your speaking journey or a well-seasoned veteran in the industry. Regardless, our coaches are meeting you where you're at and equipping you to take you to the next level. So I'm going to hand the mic over to them. I know that you're going to love hearing from our coaches. So let's get right into it. Enjoy. Hey, everyone. I'm Mary Alice Goldsmith, Director of Student Success here at the Speaker Lab. And today I am joined by our very own lead coach, Rick Clemens, for this episode of our Coaches Corner series. We're very glad you're here because today we are going to deep dive into the five biggest mistakes aspiring speakers make. Hey, Rick, how you doing today? I am good. And I love this subject because when I was going through the program, I'm like, I got it all figured out. And I, I had a lot of it figured out, but it's a little bit different when you come from, I'm a coach and now I'm going to go, you know, become this, except there's something interesting that coaches kind of make the similar mistakes that speakers do. But yeah, no, right, exactly. no, I'm so excited about jumping into this because I think this is something that will really help students and other people who may be considering joining us like, hey, here's some things you need to kind of think about. Yeah, no, it's important. And I think, you know, when you're, when you're coaching in a specific industry, um, and this is one of the benefits about the speaker lab and our, and our coaching team, the student success team, we see these repeatable things, right? We, we mm -hmm. see these commonalities in our students and it doesn't make them bad students. It doesn't make them, you know, less, less than worthy of success. It's just right. things that come up and, um, the benefit of being in a, a, a coaching team like ours, we can kind of see it before it hits the fan. You know, we kind yes. of see it coming down the pike and we can be like, whoa. So I, I think that's so special about this experience with the speaker lab because of that and, and so many other reasons, but um, you know, mistakes aren't always bad. And I'm, I don't want this episode mm -hmm. to come off like this is a bad thing, but sometimes if you're repeating certain mistakes, you'll have this thought of like, well, maybe this isn't meant for me, or this is too hard. And so right. just avoiding these mistakes while you're uh, building your speaking business will have great benefits. I think we can all agree coaching in general has great benefits. And that's why we do this little episode because we right. want people who are listening. If you're thinking about getting coached or building a speaking business, this is definitely the place to be, but we want to deep dive into these five specific areas because they really embody a lot of the conversations that we have with our students. 
about building a business, following the program, getting organized, being accountable, all of those wonderful things. So these are not in any specific order, correct? Nope. Nope. And the other thing about coaching around these things is I always see coaching again, no matter what the industry it's helping you to see the obstacles maybe that you don't see. Cause we all get in our world and I know I'm, you know, I love my coach and helps me see stuff. I don't see, but sometimes seeing the obstacle that somebody else has already had and somebody else has already been through and being able to talk around those things. This is what it's really, truly all about. So yeah, I'm, I love this and I can't wait to dive in and like go through this. And again, like Mary Alice said, we're saying mistakes, but I like to see these as lessons learned, like here, learn from lessons, learned. learn from those who've gone before you. Correct. Yeah. I love that. That's so true. All right. So we're going to jump into number one. And again, this is not in any specific order, but one thing we do often see is when our students join our programs, they get into the dashboard and they start jumping around and our speak framework is a framework and it's very specific in nature and, and in the way that it's supposed to be followed. And so um, this is something we talk about a lot and we really drive home, follow the framework. And if you don't, you're going to find yourself probably frustrated, um, feeling lost, feeling incapable. But I will say a lot of the testimonial interviews I do, those students say, I followed the framework explicitly, exactly how mm-hmm. it was laid out. Yep. And that has was really helpful to them. You want to speak on that? It a is, bit? Yeah. Because I, again, for those of you listening, I went through grants programs. I started with booked and paid to speak. And then I went through the first elite program, which I joke, it was a hot mess and it was, <laughs> but even in the hot mess, I'm like, this makes so much sense mm-hmm. because I was coming from a space where I was very well established as a coach. And I just kind of stepped into speaking like, Hey, I, this wasn't going to be a huge revenue thing for me. But as I started realizing, well, more people are asking and more people are asking. And Grant and I had deep conversations about, well, who's your target audience and what is the problem you solve? And I pushed back and I kept pushing back until I'm like, wait, this actually makes sense. And I'm like, hmm, this sounds like what I felt when I first got into coaching. I'm like, well, I got to be really specific. But then once I got through that, it's like, okay, now that I know that, then I can go to here and I can work on my talk. Oh, well, that makes sense because now I know how to position my website in the demo video. And then, oh, now I know how to talk to you know, people that I'm reaching out to, which I should have known all this stuff. I mean, hello, I was pretty high up in a software company and did all the marketing and stuff. It's like, Rick, you've done this before, but um, it makes a lot of sense. And I know it's hard because you're excited and you want to move forward. Yep. But sometimes holding on to the reins and walking through, and I will say this now so that students can hear, because if you ever work with me, you'll hear me say it again. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to hold you back. I'm only going to guide you to what's going to probably work the best for you in getting booked and paid to speak. Yes, there'll be some things that some students will jump over. Mm -hmm. They may already have a website. Great. Then don't spend a whole lot of time in that arena, but let us at least look at it and make sure, hey, that website works. Yeah, because there are some things because as you were talking, what I thought of is like there like if you're if you're a speaker listening to this and you're like, oh, I've been speaking for 20 years. I just need one or two things. There are some, there are, there is a thing to unlearning what, you know, to relearn a better way. And I, we've had students who have come into the course and I've been speaking for 10 years. I just want to get paid better prices or what have you. And I have said that to them. It is absolutely worth you going through the entire process Mm -hmm. because you will learn something that you don't know. You might know some things, 
and you might have to unlearn some things and that's really important too. So yeah, even if you do have the website, it's worth having uh, an expert look at it from a different lens so that you can point out different things to, to make it a better website. Right. And as a speaker, yes, you may have been speaking for years and, and you get lots of influence. You know, you get lots of people talking to you on the outside. To me, there's nothing better than somebody who's never heard you speak to listen to you do your talk and go, oh, wow, I caught this and I caught that. Constructive criticism, of course, but it's interesting when somebody doesn't really know what you talk about to have them listen to you and go, hey, you might think about this or here's what I heard when you said this. We all get to grow and it, it takes humbleness. Trust me, I know. I, I, I have to really eat humble pie sometimes. But I'm always so glad when I'm like, hey, let's step back and let's kind of look at this. And even when I'm working on new talks now, which isn't as frequently as I used to, but I kind of go through every step of our framework, like, okay, let's kind of talk through how would I do this? And then if I'm going to take and position this particular talk, what are the things I need to be thinking about? Can I do this pretty quickly now? Yes, because I do this day in and day out with our students. But I will also step into the humble position and I will turn to some of the people that I know and say, hey, can you look at what I put together? Because I, I want to make sure I'm not operating in a vacuum. And that's why following the framework to me is so valuable. Yeah. And, and the other part of that, to your point is, you know, you follow the framework, you go through these specific areas of the modules, and then you bring that action step to your coach and mm -hmm. you talk through things that maybe you're stuck, maybe, maybe you're not, and you don't even need a coaching call that happens too. But sometimes like you'll get to certain junctures where you're like, I really need to talk this through like mm -hmm. a talk title. The other mm -hmm. day, one of our students and I, we just went back and forth on email on all these different options for talk titles. Yep. That's hard to do alone because you get frustrated. Yep. And if he didn't go through the speak framework in order, he might be lost that he even needs a talk title. Right. So, exactly. You know, the, every, every step of the process really matters to build that well, successful business. It does. And to your point about, you know, coming to the coaching call and like, Hey, I want to talk on this. It's it's that's as important as following the framework because so many people can go, I got this, I got this. And then they come to a coaching call and I don't know what I really want to talk about. I can't help you then as a coach. And I, even in my private practice, I, I really emphasize this with my clients, like come with what you want. I will review what I, we agreed you were going to do, but you got to come with something that's like jumping out at you. And this morning was a perfect example. I had the student who showed up with, she was ready. She's like, okay, so here's the deal. I got here. My, my, I got my setup all set up. I got the lights you recommended that I get so I can do my virtual. I got the distance. I got this camera thing that you recommended. You know, I've got on the outfit that I'm going to typically wear. And she's like, I need to know, is the lighting working? Is the distance from the camera? Can you hear my microphone? I've also got two other lights set up that I want to turn on for you. It was a great coaching call because we're like literally doing the work and we were done in like 15, 20 minutes. And I said, you got 10 minutes left. What would you like? And she goes, well, not real sure. She goes, I got to go get a contract done. She goes, should I send you a contract? Should I let you look? review?" So this is somebody who's showing up and really thinking about it. And she left that call. Like we got a lot done in 30 minutes. I'm like, of course, because you showed up prepared to say, this is what I want and need. Wait. Yeah. But if you're not following the framework, you're not doing the work before, mm -hmm. then you're not going to be able to do that. And I yep. think that's, that's why the, that's another 
beautiful thing about this program, the way it's set up, it gives you those opportunities to be in your skin and really think about these aspects of your business, the marketing, Mm -hmm. the talk itself, the website, your demo reel, right? What is the system of getting booked and paid to speak and and really implementing the system that's going to work best for you? And then Mm -hmm. what is the vision of the business? Like really thinking about that as you move forward. Um, you know, a lot of people come to us because they want to quit their day job and do this full time. And so that doesn't happen overnight, right? You have to create that vision. And so, um, really working the framework, doing the work has so many benefits, so many benefits, but you really do see your speaking business unfold as you go through this framework. So follow the framework. (laughs) Right. Well, follow the framework. And I even love the students who will come to a call and say, I feel kind of bad because I don't really have a whole lot, but these two things are really something I need to cover. I would much rather you come with two things you need to cover and we're, we're done in 10, 15 minutes, then go hold it, hold it, hold it. Because there are going to be times you're like, I really need this right now. Great. Let's get this. We spend five, 10, 15 minutes. I'm okay with that. But I'd rather that than, yeah, I don't know what I want to talk about. There's you're jumping, always you're something. jumping on me. You're jumping to the next point. <laughs> well, I know that's what I'm trying to do. It's like, but this ties so well together with the framework because <laughs> students will go run through the framework. We've seen yeah. this happen. Yeah. They will run through the framework and they're like, okay, I'm done. Now, what do I do? I'm like, you haven't had a coaching call yet. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, wait, you, Are you and done? you're asking Are you all sure these questions. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't see you. And, and we see everything. <laughs> Trust us. We, we see everything. We, we have all these little systems that we're like, no, you haven't set up a coaching call. <laughs> and we no talk about in it. Here. Yeah, we do. And we, talk, we but, uh, get everybody on the same page. <laughs> but real quick, before we move to the whole come prepared to coaching, there's something interesting about the framework. You will, some of you will hit a place where you're like, I don't know. I need to go through this. That's okay. I would still encourage you to go through it because you may think, wow, I think I got this. I really want you to go through it. I, okay, true confessions. There was a couple of times in the program, I hit those moments. Of course, at that point, I was like, Grant, I need to talk to you, buddy. This needs to get fixed, right? Which we had that kind of relationship back then. And I'm glad I was going through it because now as we make changes, I can see it every once in a while as I'm reviewing stuff, like if we're changing a video or something, I'm like, oh, wait, I kind of forgot about that piece. I need to be talking about that every once in a while when I'm coaching students. You can go through there and get something or you may not get something out of it, but don't jump over because there might be a golden nugget. In fact, one of the things that students often jump over in one of our very beginning places is there's this lovely little thing about the five word introduction that our friend Clay Ebert does. And it is gold. It is yeah. gold, gold, gold. I can't tell you how many students like, ah, I got the, and I'm like, did you scroll down the page? Mm-hmm. I do the, I do that voice. Like that's the talk voice. Yeah. Like, did you scroll down the page? Um, <laughs> and voice. then suddenly they're like, oh, wow. I yeah. miss that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that's when the light bulb goes off. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which actually leads to another point we're going to get to about niching down, but we'll, we'll get there too. Oh, so. wow. You're really jumping. We're telling you, saying don't jump ahead. Rick's jumping ahead the whole podcast. Hey, I'm watching, <laughs> I'm watching what our ideas were. I'm like, Oh, I could tie it to this and tie it to that. That's but uh, no, but it's true. Really. I mean, go read some of the testimonials on our website, follow the framework. They all that, I mean, they don't all say it, but a lot of our successful students say, follow the framework. And there's a reason for that. All right. So we're going to go ahead to the point number two, the second biggest mistake that we see our students 
do is coming to their coaching calls unprepared, which is directly related to not following the framework or just not giving themselves that space to actually think this is your business. You're building the business. So it's so important that you are a student of the speaking industry. And in order to do that, you have to ask questions. You have to get a little uncomfortable. You have to get stuck and you have to bring all of that to your coaching call. So as coaches, we want to help you as much as we can. I mean, there's nothing better than being on a coaching call and seeing those aha moments, the inspiration, the motivation to get things done. But it's really hard to help you if you're not in a place of uh, curiosity and seeking guidance and help. And so coming to your coaching calls prepared is so critical. What, what are some ways, Rick, that our students can get better at that? Or if, if you're about to become a student um, and you're like, Ooh, I want to I come prepared. Uh, we all have our favorite students that come prepared. They have their list of questions. Right. So that's something I would definitely, as you're going through the course, just have your notebook or your mm-hmm. planner where you're yep, like, yep. questions for my coach this week and just yep. jot down those questions. And I mean, the other thing about our, our program, you don't always have to have a coaching call. It's not a bad thing to not have a coaching call. You no. could pick up boxer and shoot a box yeah. real quick and get your question answered on the spot. You could send yeah. us an email. You could post in our community. You can get all of these questions answered while you're actually doing the work. But if it's a bigger thing that you really want to work through your coach, a lot of the creative stuff, what's the best way to come to those coaching calls? One of the things that I love is when a student emails us <clears throat> like, Hey, these are the things I know I want to get done mm-hmm. uh, right before their coaching call. Not like five minutes before, please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> we, we may be back to back and we yeah. do that. Sometimes we try not to too much because we want to make sure we're fresh and ready for you. But um, yeah. you know, if you know, like, Hey, the day before I know I've got a coaching session with you, here's the things I'd like to cover. That's great. Now we are going to look in the notes that we keep like coach to coach. Cause we, we coach a lot of different students. I may coach somebody and then they go to Mary Alice and then Annette, Jeremy, whomever, but um, a quick email, you know, just email it into us at elite at the speaker lab.com. That's only for those of you that once you become a student, you get to use that. But um, <laughs> but it's 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 useful. I also love, you know, I was going to go old school. I I literally just got my little shipment of Amazon steno pads. I use them all the time. I write everything down. And yes, then I throw them away. God bless the trees. But um, I use it constantly because I keep notes of like, hey, this is what I remember, need to remember to do when I'm talking to such and so, such and so. I can put some notes in my phone. I think that's a biggie too. Like, hey, if you're like, you're just like, my phone is my lifeline, which mine is too. Um, I will definitely put some of that stuff in. So keeping that running list is a really, really great way. You're going to get prompted too. If you go through, if you follow the framework, you'll get prompted to like, Hey, this is what I need to make an appointment, or you're going to see some stuff, which you may already have one, but some of those actually have prompts of like, Hey, tell us what you need most when you make the appointment pretty much most of the time we're going to kind of have an idea because you will have coached with somebody and we'll say, here's what Rick's working on. And this is what he should be planning for on his next session. Um, so on and so forth. But both of those, like, you know, keeping notes, put them in your phone, shooting us a quick email prior to it. I think those are great things. The other thing too, <clears throat> is I love keeping a big idea folder. Like here's mm. my big idea. Mm. Now here's the problem. You can get really distracted really easy. We're going to touch base on this. So see, I'm just jumping ahead too. But you get, you, you're going to be in the middle of a, a module and you're going to be like, oh, here's an idea. Right. And then suddenly you're going to be doing something else. And then, oh, wait, what was that? 
I highly suggest keeping, you can do the steno pad or whatever, but having your big idea folder, which may not apply to what you're doing right then in the course, mm-hmm. it may apply to something else or something you really want to talk to your coach about, but keep that kind of quote unquote separate and let those big ideas happen, but don't let them overtake where you're at in the course. Yeah. I like that. I think that's, um, I think that's really great advice, but, um, I think what, what people really need to understand is when you're coming to a coaching call, you're coming to get coached and it's not for the coach to dictate how that call goes. It's for you to dictate and ask really good questions. The coach is there to hold the space, to ask even more deeper questions, to pull out of you what you need to, um, come up with, but the more prepared you are, the better experience you're going to have on those coaching calls for sure. Awesome. So don't jump ahead, come prepared to your coaching calls. The other big mistake, number three is not taking this serious as a business, right? So not understanding that you're not just creating a talk and getting on stage. There's a lot of moving parts and a lot of things that have to happen. You have to sell yourself, right? You have to get on a call and pitch your talk and make the sale to get on that stage. You have to be the CEO of your business. So taxes, like what? I got to track taxes now. Oh my gosh. The management of your team. Once you start building out a team, um, giving yourself that creative zone to really be creative around your business because you have to market yourself there are so many moving parts and you, the biggest mistake you can make is not looking at this as a business. You're not just creating a talk and you're not just a speaker. You are a professional speaker. Therefore you're a business owner. So we see a lot of that, um, a lot of aha moments around that. Yep. And that's fine because it's new, it's a new adventure, but, um, talk a little bit about that. Like not taking the, taking this as a serious business. Well, I think part of it is we're all excited because we have something we want to share. Mm-hmm. We have impact we want to make in the world. And that's that's a piece of the puzzle, no doubt. I have many students who are like, but I don't have anything that anybody's going to care about. I'm like, well, not with that attitude, you're not. So, <laughs> you know, you got to own that piece. But yeah. simultaneously, as soon as you start owning that, which is its own little confidence thing, you need to put on the business owner hat. Like, okay, so what's the revenue going to look like? What are my expenses that I need to manage? I mean, there's a lot of moving pieces to this. Not a lot. I would say the speaking industry, being a speaker, probably it's kind of like a coach. You can actually have pretty low business expenses if you do it right. But knowing that there's expenses, there's people you're going to need. You're going to need a good tax person. You're going to need somebody who can say, yes, you should incorporate or you should not. You should, you know, those are going to be conversations. Yeah. I know as some of these people are listening, like, oh, I'm already getting a headache. <laughs> don't get a headache. These no, are it's just a process. Bits and, it's yeah, a process. You don't have to do it overnight, but. But I think the more you realize, yes, you are a business owner. And here's the different twist on this. You're a business owner who is going out there and having impact in the world to make people's lives better. Mm-hmm. that's to me when I finally really got that piece it's like okay I get to charge why here's why I charge what I charge and here's what I do because I realized yes I'm having that beautiful impact I wanted to make but this is also as Grant likes to say this is a business to keep the roof over my head and put food on my table and give my family the lifestyle that I so desire the greatest thing I ever did and I did it I actually just did it um, at the end of each year, I go, what, is, what does it look like for me? Yes, I've worked full-time for the speaker lab, but I have my little side coaching practice and my side speaking business. 
each year I sit down and go, okay, how much do I want to make in each of these sectors? What is like the goal? And then based on that, how much does that break down per quarter? And then how much does that break down per month? I already did all those numbers. I yeah. also said, okay, based on that, what are my expenses going to be? Aren't a lot, but I already have it. Even that one little step, and we haven't even talked the marketing and everything yet, mm-hmm. but that one little step will help you really own that you're a business owner. 100%. I, 100%. I used to run a, a business mastermind and every October I would have the girls do this whole workbook on projection and reflection. So reflecting mm-hmm. on the year past, what yep, went yep. well, what didn't go well, where could you be better? Where could the business be better? And then projecting the future. Like what, what do you want the following year to look like? Um, and I think that is so critical because we're creatives, like we're creative mm-hmm. people. I could write a talk and get on stage and be in my happy place like that. Right. Yep. yep. But all this other stuff takes, it's a learning curve and it takes skill Huge learning curve. Yeah. Yep. And, and you'll know the stuff that you can't stand doing. You're going to want to hire somebody eventually when you yep. get there, you know, an assistant, a tax accountant, all that stuff. But it's, it's so important to really have that long-term vision for the business and what it looks like. And that's, that's you taking the business seriously. This yep. is a business. What do I want my numbers to look like? When do I want to hustle? When do I want to flow? Like you have to think about that too, especially those of us who um, enjoy life outside of, of this, right? Maybe you yep. have a family, a spouse, um, and you have to think about when can you really spend quality time with them without the business being on your mind? And then when can you really be hustling in the business? Those are so important because that's going to help you prevent burnout and burnout's a big thing. It's huge. And I will say this carving out the time to like do the things that you most need to do for your business on a daily basis. You will never regret that. You will Mm -hmm. never regret that. And knowing when it's time to say, okay, I do need to hire this person, or I do need to get somebody outside of myself to do some mm-hmm. of this heavy, heavier lifting. I may love doing that stuff, mm-hmm. but there's people who, hey, if they took that off my plate, even for whatever I might have to pay them, and don't let the money get in the head, Yeah, think about what that frees you up to do. It, it may be, like you said, family time or something else, but what else does it free you up to do to build your business? Hey friends, do you know the five steps to book more gigs and get paid as a speaker? Well, if not, listen up because these same five steps to help me to grow a seven-figure speaking career are all laid out in great detail in my latest book, The Successful Speaker. Five steps for booking gigs, getting paid, and building your platform. Whether you want to speak as a side hustle or your dream is to become a full-time professional speaker, I know what it takes. I share all of that with you in this definitive step-by-step roadmap. Let me be your guide. Learn from my mistakes. Get paid what you know you're worth to share your unique message on stage. If you want to read the first chapter for free or just check out the book, go to thespeakerlab.com slash book. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash book. Check out your copy of The Successful Speaker. I remember when my business, when I made the decision to finally hire an assistant, because I was literally in my office seven days a week on the weekends, the whole nine yards. And I, I assessed my business. I was, I was literally in so many little things that I was building like a $10 an hour business versus where I should have been spending most of my time, which was coaching 
and build a thousand dollar an hour, you know, five, a hundred dollar an hour business. So you could even put price tags on it. You know, like if you, if you're working for two hours and then you stop and you write all the tasks, how much an hour would you have to pay somebody to do that? And when I had that realization, I was like, this will be worth every penny I pay this person. And it, yep. it literally doubled my, my business within six months just by hiring that assistant. So don't, don't be afraid to make those decisions. But again, if you're taking the business seriously, you'll track that stuff. When you go, Oh, I hate doing this. Put that in a master delegation list and say, I hate doing social media. I'm hiring a social media manager as soon as I can. Yep. But that that's how taking the business seriously um, can have such positive trickle down effects on the business as it grows. Awesome. All right. Number four, wanting to talk to too many audiences and not niching down enough. This is a big one. This is, this is like what you were talking about before. It's a little scary because like someone's telling me I can't talk to the world about this wonderful topic that I have and I can make an impact right. to everyone. So this is, this is really important, but again, the most successful speakers have a, a specific audience. They talk to a specific essence of a person and they have an amazing impact. And actually your business will grow faster. The sooner you do this, yep. we see a lot of students struggle with this one though. Don't we? This is by far the biggest struggle. And <laughs> I just, I feel it. I mean, yeah. I been there. I was there when I first started. Well, not so much when I first started coaching. I was pretty clear on where I was going with that. But then as soon as the speaking stuff kind of showed up, I'm like, okay, well, I can stay in that sector. And I did for a while. And then when I realized this was something bigger and suddenly people started saying, oh, you could speak here and you could speak there. I'm like, yeah, I could. And I'm like, but where am I going to do it and do it well, number one? And number two, where am I going to continue kind of my own legacy of doing the thing I set out to do? And I had to be reined in. I, just ask Grant. Y'all just ask. He's <laughs> like, you need to be reined in. He goes, you've got a pretty good focus. But we knew there was a little bit of a weird thing with where I would, thought we were going to go because there just wasn't any way we were going to speak in that world. But then when I started like, hey, here's the pivot. And suddenly I'm talking to college students about living their best life and doing their thing their way. Mm -hmm. We had something, but then I'm like, well, but I can talk to entrepreneurs about doing this. I know that I know that. And I did eventually start doing all of that, but the program is about getting booked and paid to speak right. consistently. Mm -hmm. And so again, I ate my humble pie and I'm like, okay, well, I've had some break, great breakthroughs in the college market. This seems to be working. It's where I love speaking. I love talking to young people. So let's stay on this course. Doesn't mean if somebody asked me to go do something else, I wouldn't go do it. But if I'm going right. to, it's not going to be splashed all over my website. Right. It's going to be, yeah, I'll do this mm -hmm. until I realized a way to make myself capable of serving other audiences. But again, I wasn't like, let's focus on, I do this, I do this, I do this for all these audiences. And I'm confessing once again, I had that at one point and it's like, it confused everybody. It really confused everybody. Yeah. Especially in today's world, like we are so crowded with noise and marketing, the more clear and specific you can get, the faster you're going to get booked and paid to speak, the, the faster you're going to attract your audience. That's really important. Um, and I, I think you touched on something so important. 
even, even if you niche down to one thing, it doesn't mean other industries aren't going to come to you and ask you for your services. And it doesn't even mean you can't reach out to certain opportunities, but you really want to make sure that your calling cards are very specific, your website, your demo reel, and speak to what you speak to and the industry that you address. Um, but we have a lot of speakers who speak to, let's just say they speak to corporate, but yet they've been invited to colleges or entrepreneur associations. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. fine. But their, their message is very clear and specific. And that's the point of nation down. And sometimes the niche can be the niche is the message. It can be that thing, but still, even when the niche, like mine, you know, no excuses, no fears, no apologies. It's a, it's a tight little niche in the message itself. It could go a lot of places, but I'm very specific about where I want to go talk that message because I don't want to go talk to NASA about no fears, no excuses, no apologies. And y'all just blew up a rocket. I can't really talk to those people about that stuff, Yeah, but I can go do this in certain spaces where I know is a really good fit, but I'm marketing to one particular arena. That's all I'm marketing to. And the, the analogy I like to use with students when we have this lovely conversation is I'm not telling you, you can't, what I'm saying is you're going to be more successful if you focus, and now I'm going to step back into my dance. Yes, I know this is going to shock everybody. I used to be a dancer, but I'm going to step back into my dance terminology and you're going to do a step ball change to the right or a step ball change to the left, slight pivots to start to open it up, but you're not going to open it up right out the gate. Right. You will always have somewhere you can pivot and somewhere else you can slightly pivot. Those will be the long runway of where you're going. And I will have that conversation with students like your slight pivot to the right could be what you're doing in year two. And then the slight pivot to the left could be what you're doing in year three. Not saying it's going to take you three years to get there, but I'm using it as more of the analogy of let's stay on this runway and let's see this before we go. That's not working. Then let's pivot and go, okay, does that work better? But right now let's use what we know to be true for you and stay focused on that. Yeah. It's, it's really, if you could avoid that one mistake, in the initial phases of your business, exactly, it'll be huge for you. It really will. I mean, we can't preference that enough. Like the niching down is, it's really important. It's really important too in, in the um, mindset arena of all of this, like that it'll give you that confidence because you'll see how your talk and that niche just work perfectly together. Once you're not feeling that there's going to be a disconnect. It's going to be really hard for you to market yourself. So the niching down is really critical to uh, get your business up and running for sure. So number five, our final biggest mistake. This one I'm going to call squirrels, <laughs> right? Sometimes yep. we get way too much information from people outside of us. And we see all these people doing all these different things. And we think, should I be doing that? Should I do that? Should I have a podcast? Should I have another website? Should I have 17 demo reels on my site? Right? So really just out being outside of your skin, if you will, and just being distracted with noise. Um, This is a big mistake, whether you're building a speaking business, I don't care what kind of business that you're building, really owning your space and staying in your lane is so critical, especially the first three years. Be really, really cautious of protecting your space, of protecting your creative thinking, uh, of protecting your process. As soon as you start saying things like, oh, she's so successful, I should be doing that. That's a red flag. 
That is a red, doesn't mean you shouldn't be doing it, but it's a red flag where you really need to tune in, maybe book a session with your coach and really explore what that all means, because it looks really good on the outside, the podcast, Mm -hmm. all edited and pretty and icons and logos and all this other stuff. But there's a lot of work that goes into that kind of stuff, right? So be careful taking on too many social media channels. That's, that's another thing. Well, if I'm doing Instagram, I should be doing LinkedIn. I should be doing Facebook and TikTok and this and this, like be really cautious of that because it is a rabbit hole and it moves the business very little, to be honest with you. Yep. Yep. It really does. So, and know when it does move the business, that's the thing. I mean, exactly. And you now. can't, if you're doing too many. <laughs> right. I've been in this, well, I've been in this personal development space since 2006, so to speak, <clears throat> but I got certified as a coach in 2009. And even though first year or so as a coach, I'm like, we're still not quite landing, not because I wasn't in the right space. It's just like finding the right rhythm. Right. And so now if I look over and I'll probably get some of these dates a little bit off, but since I just did my podcast for the 500th episode of the podcast, I was looking back at this. I'm like, well, when did this, when did I really start this thing? Because <laughs> this, it, it sure didn't happen. Like, you know, if you take every week and go, well, that should be this many years, but there was some stuff, but I got out, of, I, I got certified as a coach and then things started building. And then yes, the podcast came along really quickly, but it was like, two, two and a half years in. So now when I think about it, it's like, oh yeah, it happened right after. I'm like, no, I look back at the history. It didn't happen. And then the very first like be on national TV thing happened. I'm like, well, when did that, that did happen quick. That was in the first year, but I'm like, okay, but I didn't go run off and try to go build a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. My first book did not come out till at least five years, six years at this point, I'm going to say, I think it came out in 2015, 2016. So I'd been doing what I did for about four or five years before I'm like, okay, we're going to, let's pull this lever. Now let's pull this. The podcast was the only one that came on pretty early and has like, you know, and we can talk about how long it's taken me to write book number two, folks. It's still sitting here on the desk, but each one has a very strategic purpose of when I finally said, yeah, let's pull that lever. Let's execute. And I know what each thing does. I know my podcasts, all they do is credibility and bring me coaching clients. That is it. But they're my main marketing mechanism to bring me coaching clients. You notice I'm not saying speaking clients. Yes, people will go check those out. Some will listen to and go, no, we're not letting that guy on stage. He does (laughs) way too much. (laughs) That's a whole different ballgame. You want the credibilities and stuff, but execute really carefully. When I first started my own business, I wasn't doing this stuff. I was still marketing, branding and everything. And I was right at the beginning of social media. I was even certified as a social media like expert, mm-hmm. which was just a stupid certificate. Yeah, I yeah. got somewhere, right? <laughs> but the thing I used to tell all my clients is, yes, you can be on Facebook. You can be on Twitter. You can be on LinkedIn was just Google beginning. Ads. Yeah, I just that. you could do all of this. Yeah. But you only need to be on the one where your customers are. Mm-hmm. That's it. And even then you got to be really clear on why you're doing that. Mm-hmm. And, and so this is that growth stuff that everybody's into online courses right now. Great. But make sure that if you're going to go build an online course, there's a specific purpose that's taking you away to go build that instead of building your speaking business. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's great advice. And it's, it's, it's really easy to get distracted out there right now. It's really easy. One thing I did, because 
when you're on your laptop and you're opting into all these things and you're getting these freebies and these downloads of great information, there's a lot of great free information out there. I ended up creating a whole separate email account for people that I respected out in, in my similar industry. Mm-hmm. And yep. I would opt into their things in this separate email. Yep. And it really did help me not get distracted with what these big wigs were doing out there and that I little, little Mary Alice should be doing the same right. thing, right? They have a team of 30 and I'm all alone with my assistant here. So, right, right. so you know, so it really helped me keep those distractions at minimum. And I would go into that email and I would look up specific words that I was looking into for research. And that's, that's how I would go about that. So if you're feeling like you're getting very distracted, that's something that you can do. Um, swipe files are great and all that, but be really careful about doing something that uh, someone who is very further ahead of you is doing. Mm-hmm. And just because they're doing it doesn't mean you should be doing it. But you just brought up something really important too. And this kind of ties back to like not growing too quickly and all that sort of stuff. But think about Mary Alice and her assistant. That's what worked for her. Then you go to like a grant who now has whatever we have 20 some odd people in this thing. I know when Grant started, I don't think he was like, someday there's going to be a 20, you know, and suddenly here we are. Right. 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 So think really clearly about for you, where you're at, what your business looks like that works for you. I don't want to have anybody. I don't want to be managing anybody. I never have. I did a couple of times. It worked for a while in a couple of places because I'm a really bad boss. Let's just get that out there. (laughs) But, but I realized the stuff I was having somebody else do wasn't giving me the return I needed, Mm -hmm. but there were other things I was having somebody else. So like my podcast guy, total return on an investment. Cause Mm -hmm. I could just, I could be the diva that I like to be. I'm just going to show up and record and you go take care of everything else. Yeah. It really helped Mm -hmm. because I know I joke about being the diva, which I kind of am, but it really helped me. Yeah. Totally (laughs) diva. But man, the time that that freed up for me and it only takes like an hour or so to do everything I was doing, but I'm like, at that time, I was recording two podcasts a week. So that's two hours of time. Plus, I'm talking to the guests. I'm doing this. And if I was realistic, it was about three hours yeah. per show to get everything done. So now yeah. we're talking six hours a week. Man, what I can do in six hours a week, that's the difference. And I, I hope everybody really hears what we just talked about there. <clears throat> you can have, I mean, Eric Reem, who's on our team too, He's a really good example of he started out small and small, and now he's got like nine or 10 people work. They're not all working full time, but he's got each person doing things that need to happen. If that's what you want, you will get there, but it doesn't have to be that right now. Right. Yeah. There's a process. And, and I really think the master delegation list of just like knowing what you want to get off your, your Mm -hmm. desk is really important. Well, this has been awesome. We really hope that these five lessons, we'll call them, even though they're big mistakes, (laughs) we really hope that they help follow the program, follow the framework, come prepare to your coaching calls, take this business seriously. Don't want to talk to too many like audiences. You really need to niche down. That's so important for the beginning stages of your business. And also watch out for those squirrels out there. This is your business. You do it your way. And if you honor that, it'll grow. All right, there you have it. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Speaker Lab podcast. 
Now, I want you to know that we do this podcast simply because we want to serve and support speakers like you. We don't charge anything for you to listen, but in return, we do have one small favor to ask. Would you be willing to subscribe to the podcast where you're listening right now? Hit that subscribe button. Also, leave us a rating and review within iTunes or Spotify, wherever you listen to these podcasts. We read every single one of them, and they also help other people to find the show. Also, if you are looking to take the next step in growing your speaking business, be sure and check out thespeakerlab.com. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com. We've got a ton of free resources and tools there, and you can also learn more about the programs that we offer, which include one-on-one coaching. Our mission here is to help you find the confidence, clarity, and clear path that you need to own your speaking success. So again, check us out over at thespeakerlab.com. As always, we appreciate you hanging out with us, and we'll catch you next time. You're awesome.